Maine. I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, I miss Maine, but it is. It's good to be home. Uh, it is. It is. Was it was the main attraction though? No kidding. That's a bad joke. I'm sorry. You had a good time, and I, and I feel honored that I guilted you into going to Fenway after all. So oh, I feel oh, you absolutely pretty, pretty good about that. Really. You so so I'll, for for those who inquired, Edward Marlowe, Neil Bradley. Let's just get right into this. Neil, I'm not going to lie. I you were more than thirty percent of the reason why I switched that. <laughs> and here's what happened. Okay. So. We ended up landing a little bit later in Boston. That was our start point, end point. Great place to be and land, you know, mm-hmm. get the big city, and then you well, go sure. into the country. And so rented our car out of Boston. We just got time crunched on that very first day. And I was like, I really want to see the parquet floor and that that museum. The museum that's wrapped around the TD Garden is really what you go for. Sure, you want to see the Celtics facilities. You want to hopefully run into an all-star like a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum, so on and so forth. Marcus Smart would love to see those guys, but I wanted to see the floor, and I wanted to see the tributes to Bill Russell and and so on and so forth, and uh, just didn't have that opportunity. Well, on the way back in from Bar Harbor, we went to Bar Harbor and did some Highway 1 driving, went to Salem, Really had an went to Acadia, an amazing experience uh, out in nature and just all these beautiful spots. I, I recommend it to literally anyone who whoever wants to go. The, the 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 beach may be your jam, the the big city may be your jam, but if if you want to just disconnect, it's a great place for that. We get back to Boston, and I'm looking up tickets, and it's it's twenty five dollars. $25 to park your car in a garage. Wow. It was amazing. And oh, by the way, the guy who, the guy, Barry, I'm never going to forget him. He gave an amazing tour uh-huh. on Fenway. Barry had a, the last World Series ring. Okay. Uh, Good. He's, he's, he's done this for years. The, the just like, he even said it too. He said, now listen here. And he had kind of a, he had a thick Boston accent, but it wasn't as abrasive. Right. But he made it abrasive on purpose to play it up. And we were sitting there, oldest seats in baseball looking at the green monster and he said, man, isn't this wicked awesome? <laughs> yeah. There you <laughs> go. I was like, I, I, yeah. I like, there was a tear. There yeah, was of a course. Tear. You want to hear that. It, Neil, I, I'll tell you, man, we talk a lot of baseball on this podcast uh, and a lot of nonsense. Fenway was remarkable. Oh, I bet. Uh, and I'm really I'm jealous of that. I'm really glad you talked me into it. Good. Best, some, one of the best $25. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of $25 things. One of the best $25 I've ever spent. Now, how'd the trip to Salem come about? Did you tell the wife, would you like to go to Salem? And she goes, what What the hell exactly are you implying? No. Ed? So, well, so here's the deal. I just want to know how that came about. It's mostly her idea. Okay. So, so it was her idea. I she, just wanted, want, okay. she wanted to see the Hocus Pocus homes. Or as many you. as we could go oh, okay. see. Big, she's right. big into the whole witch thing. Okay. Hocus Pocus 2, all of the the the, 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 the nuance and, you know, fun around that. She She's absolutely a big, big fan of Hocus Pocus. But... She also, like, Salem was a very quick thing for us. We were just trying to get to Bar Harbor. Oh, okay. And Salem was on the way. So we spent a day there and uh, ate in a couple really nice, small, you know, quaint restaurants. Got some cool photos. Um, but Salem Salem was a blast, and I'm ready to go back there as well. We okay. we, we, we had a great opportunity. Here's, here's the story I wanted to tell you about it, though. It was really funny. Second to last day that we were in the the New England area, uh, and there's just so much you can do. You can you can go west and do the Vermont Niagara Falls thing. You can go all the way to the Canadian state, you know, the Canadian line, so on and so forth. We uh, second to last day, we're in New Hampshire, and we decided to. That was like the you know good ba- good base to stay before we got back into Boston and did all our returns and stuff. And I'm looking. We're we're having lunch at a local pub and a brewery and i was like man it's like two o'clock in the afternoon let's make let's make the most of this evening what what can we do so what's the number one thing we go to do in in southern new hampshire other than go to like ll bean it's uh go to an apple orchard so we went to an apple orchard and at like 30 minutes before they closed and they were like pick as many apples as you can fit in this bag and i was like well how the hell are we going to get these on a carry-on because we're not going to put these in my suitcase. I don't want apples in my suitcase. Yeah. And so my wife, the dishwasher, she's like, we're going to put these on. You know, we're going to carry these on. And I was like, Aaron, we're going to, we're fixing to pick 20 pounds of apples, uh-huh. like legitimately 20 pounds of apples. So we do. We get to the airport, pre-check TSA, 
and they, I'm like, well, here goes nothing. I have a bag of apples, and they're fixing to run this through the x-ray machine. Guy pulls the bag through the x-ray machine, and he stops it. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. They're, they're thinking we're smuggling something. He looks at us, looks at the bag, looks back at us, and he's like, you have a bag full of apples. We're like, yes, sir, we do. He was like, why? And I was like, well, because we went to New Hampshire. And he was like, oh. He was like, he was like quizzing us. He was like, why do you have 20 pounds of apples? I'm like, well, we don't have these apples back home. And he was like, seriously, what type of apples did you get? And we got Macintosh and Cortland apples. Mm-hmm. You can't get those in Western Kentucky, not without paying $5 million a, a bushel. <laughs> and he was like, all right, we'll let it slide. Like he gave us the grill right. for all those apples. And so he just like, and as we're walking away, you can tell they're just laughing their ass off because uh-huh. they're like, those guys are carrying 20 pounds of apples on their carry on. No joke. Had to like carry them onto the plane. Heaviest damn thing I've ever had in my life. And I'm just lifted above us and we flew home with 20 pounds of apples and it was great. I thought you were going to tell me they confiscated them and you threw him at him and said, how about them apples? Hey, what? <laughs> I Being asked, a Massachusetts, I did Boston ask guy. him if he wanted one. <laughs> I said, "Man, you can taste it if you want. These aren't poisonous. Yeah. We're not smuggling drugs." I didn't even say that out loud because that's yes, easy. well, it's they like, would have patted yeah, you down. Here's here to here's how to be in the airport for three yeah, more hours. Sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, not like a hilarious story, but one of those things. Like my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, "Well, we're bringing these apples home and." We're just going to see what happens. So okay. it was it was pretty amazing. Nice. So great trip. And uh, Fenway was certainly a highlight of it. Oh, fantastic. And I see when you got back, uh, I assume you got these from falls.com, the mic screens. They're bright orange, Tennessee orange. Oh, yeah. Celebration of their victory over <laughs> Bama. I guess. That was I, a great game. I guess that's what they're. Yeah. It was a heck of a game. I do, I do like, actually, these were gifts from uh, the dishwasher once again. She had a bunch of extra ones in her, like, uh, her own podcasting kit. Ah. So, uh, sure, yeah. They, they're Vol Orange, Tennessee Vol Orange. If we're going to celebrate the Tennessee Volunteers, why not? It was a big win. I, I, I love, well, I watched. kind of pumpkin spicy, too. They so, are pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. definitely fall colors. Yeah. So, right. but uh, that was the main reason, too, I wanted to go to the New England area is I wanted to see some fall colors. Uh-huh. We had a little bit of some overcast days but for the most part absolutely gorgeous yeah. low 60s well i it, can get it because you sure can't see leaves here so i can see flying several hundred miles to go do that <laughs> i was in the middle of drinking a cup of hot chocolate and i was gonna laugh at that oh. but uh yeah well but they're not main leaves and they're okay. not it's not it's not maples yeah. it's not the right. it's not the, whatever man. so there's no maple trees here right? well Okay. See, now you made my vacation just sound like a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. Well, it wasn't a terrible idea. Here, here's the thing. Acadia was us seeing the ocean. I've been so. in 37 states, Ed, and there's all sorts of places. There are a few that are just like, I don't really want to go there. But when you get there, you see interesting things, and you find out there's interesting and wonderful people oh, yeah. and wonderful things to see no doubt. in every state. Absolutely. See no. the country. Go no. out and see it. Don't believe a lot of what you read. Just go see it. You're going to meet some great people. See some good. Yeah. Things. So even though Neil thinks there's only leaves in Maine, I'm going to tell you I had some great lobster. Had some great lobster. See, uh, yeah, that was of delicious. Now that is something you can't get here. And if you're getting it, it isn't fresh. Not the same. No, it is not. Had some clam chowder. Had some really good clam chowder. We also went to the John F. Kennedy uh, Library, which I, I found to be uh, a bit humbling uh, and a really neat experience. So. Sure. That was uh, that was in the heart of Boston, and that was really cool. So well, that's, that's neat, and it's a different vacation. Uh, you just don't have many people take into Boston, and, and it's a lot of unique things you got to see. It's oh, absolutely, cool. absolutely. Well, while I was gone, I was still paying attention to some of the sports uh, back home uh, as as we move along here in the fall. And and one of the things that obviously was another little bit of a tough scenario here in the last couple of weeks is is Murray State football. And uh, uh, there's no point in, in begrudging it or, or being difficult about it. it. It is what it is at this point. And uh, I know staff is frustrated. I know fans are frustrated. I know players are frustrated. Nobody wants to be winless at this point in the season. But you take a look at the last two games, and you have a UT Martin team that was ranked coming in and really good. Dresser win, having the, you know, the, the season of his life. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't want to break down both of these games too terribly much, but then you follow up with Austin P. Started out fairly strong, as in getting back into the game. Sure. You know, they, they had a big lead. You know, the Govs got a big lead. And uh, you, you kind of trim it, get into halftime, and then as we've seen all year, that, that second half where it's yeah. just, you know, things come undone. And, I Neil, I know it's a lot to take in from these last two games, but what's maybe your uh, 
your biggest takeaway at this point uh, with a winless season? It's just a team, I think, struggling to uh, right now run the football. I mean, uh, under 100 rushing yards this past week against Austin P. It's very difficult to win. It's tough to sustain drives like that. When you don't sustain drives, the other team has the ball. Usually many more plays. Uh, not really the case this past week. Uh, it's It was the big play, as I believe it was five plays of 37 yards or more yes. that led to either directly to touchdowns or uh, indirectly to touchdowns. So uh, you, you know those are all other things that you can't have. Get it to see a little bit healthier Lamartez Brooks. So, uh, he had a good game, yeah, a really good game. Over 100 yards, that's three straight games where we've had at least one receiver with over 100 yards. But uh, because of <clears throat> injuries playing a role, uh, just not able to run the ball well, give Austin P credit, they were really good up front. The racers just really had no answer for them. And, uh, you know, this this all – the downhill slide started when uh, D.J. Williams was injured, and uh, then you got Jacob Bell hurt and some other injuries really starting to impact the season. And uh, I, I don't know uh, – I'm not sure where the wins will come. Uh, really good Lindenwood team yeah. uh, with Cade uh, Brister, the quarterback. He is uh, leading the uh, league in total offense. Uh, has the, the, the best. He's awfully good. Yeah, he's, he is really good. You can run the ball a little bit. Uh, they have a, a good running back, the only 100-yard receiver in the, in, the, in the OVC per game. And I don't know uh, defensively. Uh, they do have uh, a few issues. They give up a lot of yards, but they're the best team in the league uh, on opponent third down conversions, so they are capable of coming up with big plays. But oddly, no interceptions. That's odd to be this deep in the season and have zero picks, but yep. but that's where they are. A little bit of uh, they're a little bit susceptible. They have 22 sacks uh, allowed, so that might be a, an area. But, uh, I mean, the racers are just in a tough spot, uh, still working hard. Keeping their chins up, but uh, I mean, right now this it, it's the worst start since 1966 when the team went winless, and uh, hopefully this might be the week to break through. The uh, you had a lot to say there, and I understand that. I, and again, I'm not trying to bemoan or belittle a single solitary person here. If you're going to look at the positive parts of it, you know this is a situation you mentioned. Lamartez Brooks yep. being another hundred yard receiver. If you know last week, if he's starting to really turn that corner and get healthy, obviously he's a guy uh, that is supposed to be one of the top players in the conference. So sure. you'd love to see him healthy. But here's the one thing. Here's the one thing that I will say from a positive standpoint: you do have multiple receivers with more than 150 yards uh, in, in offense this year, and that's Daquan Dallas, Lamartez Brooks, Taylor Shields, who certainly has emerged yeah, as a young man, becoming a, becoming a deep threat, and then uh, Quindarius Mays, who's another young guy who has started to really see some offense. But I, you, you just – you know, you, you talk about some of these injuries and you talk about some of the, the 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 lack of cadence and the fact that you've had to put a guy like Jaden Stinson who, you know, for all intents and purposes, probably you and I have talked about this a lot and it's worth mentioning again, certainly is relishing this opportunity to become the guy, but is obviously, you know, maybe has had to be expedited a little bit. Right. Uh, wasn't necessarily supposed to be the guy this year. It was supposed to be, a, you know, the DJ Williams show. And, and again, I know that can only be reiterated so many times, but, you know, just credit. I, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Jaden here. I, I mean, he's completed more than 50% of his passes. Uh, he does have the 10 interceptions, five of those coming two weeks ago in UT Martin. Mm -hmm. And because of that, UT Martin was able to run that defense just straight into the ground. And, again, that's, you know, looking at the stats, seeing some of the plays. I mean, UT Martin just aired it out at that point. Dresser win was phenomenal. There's no point in bringing that back up again. He was absolutely terrific uh, against the Racers and had a couple of interceptions on his own, yeah. you know, but was able – that offense rang up, you know, 220 yards from one receiver alone. Um, that was a UT Martin record for them, uh, and then just offensively, they just did what they wanted. Yeah. And did, did they crest 700 yards of offense? They did not, but they were flirting with it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that's uh, when you have five interceptions, that's going to happen. But you know, that's it's, it's. I just know it's been a tough season, and, and trying to get everything on the same page just it is hard to do when not everybody has the same book. And the running backs uh, situation, uh, Cortez Jones got the start this past week against Austin P. Demonte Weatherspoon's not at 100%. He's closer. Uh, Northington, he's out. Shoulder injury. I'm not sure of his status for this week. And that's Q, really unfortunate because he's played well. Q Jennings was going to see a lot of reps. He's been out for several weeks, hasn't played since the Jacksonville State game because of an injury. And uh, it's just a, 
a team just beset by injuries at some of the biggest positions on the team. And it's worth mentioning, too, I mean, the, 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 the world does not get easier. Neil, you've already mentioned the fact that Lindenwood, again, a new addition to the Ohio Valley Conference. This will be the only time the Racers face them as a conference opponent. Lindenwood's good, 4-2, and two, beat yeah. Eastern Illinois last week. That's back-to-back one-possession wins for them. And uh, like I said, four and two, so certainly playing some great football. Racers going to their territory this weekend. And uh, then you have Tennessee State, which you, you think, oh, okay, they start 0-4. They've now gone, gone for back-to-back wins. You've got them on homecoming when you get back from St. Louis. So uh, trying to stay positive, obviously. Uh, I'm not trying to necessarily look at everything in, in a deep, dark prism, but I know that this is um, – yeah, I mean, I, I just, as a coaching staff, if I'm a coach, I'm just trying to look for what am I going to build on in the offseason at this Correct. point. I mean, you know you're not making the playoffs now. So where do you build and prepare your scrapbook so that you can take that yeah. going into next year and see what works and what doesn't? That's, that's just my opinion. You hope to get uh, get that win this week, and then uh, you're back home, homecoming. Uh, maybe they'll note. be a little bit healthier. Perhaps that'll be number two. Robert Morris really struggling. There could be three wins there. Then you go to Southeast Missouri. Honestly, if they're continuing to win, which they should, they could be in the top 10 by the time the racers play them. And so yeah. that'll be a top 10. That'll be four ranked teams mm-hmm. and 2.5 bowl division teams. I'm counting Jacksonville State as a half. Oh, absolutely. That's, it's, a, it's the most difficult schedule I can ever remember in Murray State history. And you and I have talked about this, and it's and again, I'm going to bring it up again. It's just worth continuing as, as, this, as this book unfolds. It doesn't get easier next year or the next. We've seen the schedule. You know? uh, you're going to open up next year with uh, some bowl division. Presbyterian, uh, actually. I just well, I just mean in general. You're right. It you is. You got a chance to win that one, actually. Yeah, I'm just saying it is Presbyterian, and then but then, and then it's tough, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. you're right about the home opener. My mistake on that one, but like you, you, you still you open up not long after that. It's gonna you know two more bowl division games I think next year. Then an off week, and then there you go. And then you're Missouri in the Missouri Valley, Valley Conference. Yeah, uh, and gauntlet. Um, and um, and like I said, we've we've seen the schedule for the year after that as well, uh, and it's uh, extremely difficult. And again, I'm not um. We're we're here. It's 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 Wednesday evening, October the nineteenth. I'll ask you this, just to opine on it, just a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm really not against the move to the Missouri Valley Football Conference. We knew that that was probably going to be a package deal. We also know that certain schools in the Missouri Valley Football Conference have voted against voted against the racers. We know that's common knowledge. It's been aired out. The dirty laundry has been on the line. We, we know it's there. I, I'm not against the move at all. I think it's a great move. I think it is hard mode. I mean, if we're going to yeah. put this in video game terms, I think it absolutely is all Madden. Uh, the Missouri Valley Football Conference is one of the tops in the country. You and I have illuminated on that several times. But I, what are your thoughts at this point? I, I would just love your thought here. How difficult is it to be winless knowing – this is your final season in the Ohio Valley Conference, and you're trying to put on that good show to go to the Missouri Valley next year. Well, it's kind of too late for that for this season, even if you went out, because uh, you're going to be four and seven at the absolute best. But uh, you know, I guess that that could happen. Uh, but I wouldn't worry about that. The recruiting trail has it's. This may be the most important recruiting year we've had in a long, long time. Years. Uh, Got to get a, a lot better players. Uh, than we have now. Just brutal honest about that. Uh, well, I had nothing to do last Sunday morning. I watched uh, South Dakota State upset North Dakota State just yeah. to kind of see what we were up against. Huge upset. Wow. Well, they're good. Not. Yeah, two versus one. But uh, that was still an amazing, uh, a lot of amazing talent. You get to see kind of what you're up against. And we're just not quite there yet in personnel. But this will force us to do that. Uh, you're going to be in the best conference in FCS football, in my opinion. Uh, will it pay off next year? Not sure. But I think down the road, this would be a terrific move. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I think it was the best move to make, and uh, I'm I'm happy that uh, we took the shot. Dr. Bob Jackson and, and noted individuals, Kevin Saul, and of course even Coach Dean Hood to a degree and his staff have said, obviously this is asset preservation. And this is no disrespect to the OVC. Again, you and I, 
Um, you've loved it longer than I have, uh, longer than I've been alive. Sorry about that, Neil, but I just had to throw that one yes, in there. Yes, thank you. Yeah, here yeah. come the double birds once again. I appreciate those. <laughs> the 11, I am 11. 11. You're 11. I, uh, but I, I, I love the Ohio Valley Conference. I think it's going to continue to be successful. Um, but the the jump to the Missouri Valley is, is clearly a leap in faith and a leap in trust. Uh, you hope that it's a leap in financial obligations from you know noted dignitaries That's and true too. other donors, and you have to also hope uh, that it keeps the football program going in a strong and positive direction. Uh, and you know, I, I, yeah, we we can we can continue on and on about it. It's just hard. I know it's hard. And you, I'm glad you mentioned the whole ranked thing because I was absolutely going to mention that at this point right now. Kind of what I'm looking at, and this is just. I don't even know if this has been updated, but at the point that the roster and the schedule were inputted into the system for Go Racers, Southeast Missouri was 18, Austin P was 24, UT Martin was 14, Southeastern Louisiana was 21. And then you had, of course, Texas Tech, Jacksonville State being the point five, and then Ball State. And so it's just like, man, like, golly, like that is just you, – you were asking – you needed your utmost best, your top health. Yeah. You know, you needed some star play, and it just has not coalesced into something that racer football was looking forward to. Um, and I hate to put it that way. It's just a really unfortunate situation. Um, as we move forward, and I do want to, while we're talking about racer football, I'll stay here with this. Quincy Williams, former Murray State racer, uh, has returned from injury as a linebacker for the New York Jets, who, by the way, look relatively legitimate uh, in the race in the AFC. And... Uh, Big win this past weekend against uh, Green, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. And Quincy Williams was one of the top linebackers for this weekend uh, across the entire NFL. Returns 14 tackles, eight of them solo. Um, Single-handedly thwarted a couple of drives against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay was held to 10 points. I uh, don't think that's happened in a long time. As a matter of fact, the Green Bay Packers, I believe, had won either 14 or 15 in a row at home. Uh, on Lam- at Lambeau, and an absolutely huge win for the New York Jets, and Quincy Williams was a very large part of it. So was his brother, Quinnen, uh, who had a couple of sacks of Aaron Rodgers. So uh, congratulations to Quincy. Uh, I'd love to see him crest the 100-tackle mark again this year. He has missed the last two or three games as he had a, a scary ankle injury that ended up being a little bit less serious. Uh, but to come back and play really one of the better teams in the league consistently and one of the most I mean a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers right uh, that's a that's a big push for uh, Quincy Williams and I hope that that continues to surge I don't know if he can make the Pro Bowl now when you miss two or three weeks it's hard to do that but I mean if he puts up 14 tackles four more weeks in a row he'll be in the mid 70s so he's already north of 30 tackles and he's missed two or three games so he continues to play coverage like that, and uh, the New York Jets are gonna are, are gonna do some special things. So. Well, I'm happy for him. He's uh, seized his opportunity. Uh, I know there's a lot of head scratching when it's like, what, what, what do we got? And now there's not any more of that. They know that he's a legit NFL player and having a big year. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So I want to move on uh, to really kind of the crux of some of our discussion here. Obviously, football. Uh, put that in the rearview mirror. They do play Lindenwood this weekend uh, and have Tennessee State next. want to jump into some of the most recent information that's been announced by the Missouri Valley Conference, and that is the really the, the – you, you care about the media, but it's the big-time poll mm-hmm. uh, and the preseason teams. And uh, I want to open up with the men here because, yeah, the men, I do believe – let's run through this really quick. We have – the men were selected – I've got 40,000 tabs on my laptop open – uh, the men were selected. I know they were selected eighth, but I want to get this whole thing here. The men were selected eighth, and we'll just real quick. I'll run down this. Drake had fifty-two of fifty-four first place votes. We knew that that was coming. Yeah. Bradley got one first place vote. They're picked to finish second. Uh, and again, this is SIDs, coaches, media. Uh, great to see that there's fifty-four poll. That that's mm-hmm. incredible that fifty-four returned the poll. Uh, this is very stratified. A lot of expectation here for some of these teams. Southern Illinois got one first-place vote. Not sure who that was, but they are a close third behind Bradley. Missouri State was picked fourth. I was picked fifth. Belmont sixth. Indiana State seventh. Murray State, of course, eighth. Uh, as I've mentioned, Valparaiso ninth. Illinois State 10. UIC 11. And Evansville 12. 
we can talk a little bit about the first team, second team, and third team, but Rob Perry of Murray State. Again, you and I have talked about the expectations there. Rob was picked to uh, the preseason third team alongside Cam Henry of Indiana State, Kobe King of Valparaiso, I believe Austin Fife of UNI, and DJ Wilkins of Drake. So certainly a lot of expectations across the league uh, mm-hmm. for a young man in Rob Perry, who of course has already put up a thousand points right. in college basketball. But uh, what were your thoughts about the poll and, and maybe what's your take from some of the things you've heard across the league? I don't. There's no surprise with Drake, uh, Bradley, and SIU being up near near the top. Those didn't surprise me. The rest of those kind of, uh, I, I I voted in the poll. I had the racers fifth. That's where I put them. I thought, and I was going based on uh, what they're returning, which was one scholarship player, correct, and a lot of unproven's, and based on what I knew the others were returning. I, I went through and uh, found out who who returned what from a starter standpoint, uh, new additions. And uh, that's right, the reason I put the racers fifth. So eighth, yeah, I think that's probably a little low, but uh, but there's so much uncertainty yet, and we, we have discussed it. They could finish up near the top, or they could finish somewhere down there around eighth. That that could. Be. We just don't know the chemistry. And anyone who says they do, who's not with the basketball program, I realize the coaches may go, "Hey, we, we're going to be really good." They may think that, and they may really be on to that. But uh, for those of us who really haven't seen them play anybody, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be uh, good together or not. Uh, they sure have some tremendous individual talent that I'm looking forward to uh, getting a look at Thursday night for the racer mania that uh, that they'll have. So I uh, get a chance to take a look at that. But I feel really good about uh, the direction that they're going. And I, I think they'll be in the top half. That's why I picked them fifth. Uh, I truly think if things do go well they could be as high as in the top three but drake barring injuries looks like the team to beat in the league yeah no Uh, absolutely and i want to bring that up actually so speaking of drake tucker devries um and you're gonna have to help me with some of these pronunciations because you've been to media day and i I think you know these i'm I'm gonna guess on some of these okay i should already know this but these are all new players for me as well tucker devries is the uh preseason mvp uh, first team, and then you have Marcus Damask, who we've seen quite That's a bit. Who I picked, yeah, for my MVP. Uh, Southern Illinois. Is it Ben Crikey or Cricky? I think it's Cricky. Okay, for Valparaiso. Yeah. Uh, I realize I haven't done these uh, for the most part. Either, and see, that's so what I'm saying. We're new to. If, I'm new to they this. Didn't, and honestly, the only complaint we had about Missouri Valley Conference Media Day is uh, where the guys were speaking uh, was in the ballroom where everyone else was and oh. half the time you couldn't hear what they were saying so loud and yeah i recorded what they said but i couldn't hear what they were saying much of the time is it is it is it rank mast for bradley i believe it is r i e n k i think so as i read it okay so i'm terrible i should have already known this but i'm seeing these names now and i and i've seen stats we'll know them soon uh, uh, yeah i've seen this and when i prep for them i will exactly know. and i've seen the numbers but I, I don't know the guys, and so that's what yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning that. And then uh, Roman Penn, obviously for Drake, you know, we know how good he's been. Um, and his return, I believe, he's, he's returning uh, from, a, from a tough injury last year. Ben Shepard, Belmont, we know yeah. how good he can be. Certainly think he's got a professional career ahead. Uh, then Bowen Bourne of uh, UNI, Donovan Clay of Missouri State, formerly of Valparaiso. Lance Jones of Southern Illinois, Cooper Neese of Indiana State, and Garrett Sturts of Drake are all second team. And then, of course, I've already mentioned the third team. So certainly a lot of talent in the league. Uh, I do think it is cool that Rob Perry is getting the nod. Again, I think that sets a lot of expectation. You and I have said time and again it's extremely possible with his scoring acumen that he could lead the racers in scoring this year. He just could. the way that he has that three-level mentality. He's good at getting to the basket. He's good. At, he's a good three-point shooter. Uh, we've we've heard Steve even say in limited conversation that he believes that there's some unlimited range there for him. Yeah. You've got to get a hand in his face at all times, teaching his defense to do that because there's other shooters across the uh, across the conference that'll do the same thing. Uh, Rob can kind of be that guy, but um, I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance. I mean, I'm not I'm not media anymore for for things like this, so I didn't get a vote. I. Murray State eighth. If you take a look at where Lindy's had him, which was sixth, and you take a look at where the uh, uh, the book that you Blue and, Ribbon, Blue Ribbon, yes, thank you, that you and Kenny rely on so much, that's really good. They had him tenth. So if you average six and tens eight, I, I mean, yeah. it's preseason. Anything can right. happen. Injuries can change whatever. But as 
you, you mentioned the word that's the most important in that entire sentence, and that's unknowns. Yeah. The racers come with a lot of unknown commodities. They do. That's no disrespect to DJ Burns. I wrote the same thing for Cat's Paws. I had 550 words to describe the racers, and I used 455 of them almost to say, here's all the new guys. It's an unknown territory. And so, you know, Steve's known. You know, DJ Burns is known. Rod Thomas is known. That's about it. Everybody else yeah. is new coming to the table uh, which can be exciting, uh, but also may obviously have people hesitant to put yeah. you in the top half of the conference because we don't know what we're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates per Forrest yeah. Gump. Yeah, it's it's uh, and again, chemistry uh, is everything. Over the years, we've had a lot of talent on a few teams that didn't come through it. I mean, you're there like, what in the heck? And yeah, they weren't big fans. We of would each other. ride with them on buses, and you 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 know you know then. Ah, now I know why we're not really good. They're not. They're not. They're not digging it. They're for whatever reason. And again, I'm not going to call out any specific team. I'm not not going to either. You can probably look it up and figure it out. You can look it up and figure it out. I mean, teams that have the talent but don't have the win loss record that you think they should have, and injuries don't play a significant role. Correct. Right. Go look at those seasons. And then just text us, and we can tell you whether or not. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, we'll we'll tell you whether or not the chemistry was was great there. Yeah. And again, guys got to be guys. I get that you know one guy's got to get his, and the other guy's got to get his. That's no different at the professional level either. But yeah. guys have to really enjoy. Matt McMahon's talked about yeah. it. Steve Prohm, coaches across the country have uttered this thousands of times. There has to be a joy in the game, and when there's no joy in the game. You know the team doesn't like each other. Win or lose, even there's there's even joy in the losing. Guys that are digging each other, lifting, helping people up, being a part of the game, being a part of each other in the bench. You know, the racers weren't perfect last year, and even when they weren't perfect, there was still joy. There was joy even after St. Peter's. Yeah. There was frustration and disappointment that it didn't go further, but there was an absolute yeah. joy for those guys. Yeah. When there's not joy, things aren't good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've told you on this podcast, but I've told the story multiple times. I've, I've covered the girls' Sweet 16, and I'm not going to call the players out or the team, but uh, it was a game I wasn't doing. It's one of the top teams in the state. Uh, they had a bit, uh, sort of underachieved, but uh, got to the state tournament anyway and lost in the opening round. And uh, at the end of the game, there was a girl for this team had a chance to shoot a – three at the top, and I think sent it to overtime and missed it. She fell to the floor, the buzzer sounded, and her teammate stepped over the top of her to head to the dressing room. Mm. And I I talked to one of the riders up there, and they said, that team could have won the state, but they hate each other. Yeah, And it's like, well, that's kind of obvious, and I haven't followed them. It's like, it's unbelievable. But that's what chemistry can do. It can tear a team apart, or sometimes teams with lesser talent have such good chemistry, they'll be better than you might think they would be. It's just, you just never know. But uh, the best thing is to have players, John Morant and players like that, that have great chemistry. Great players, great chemistry. Other teams are in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. When you have great, great – and we'll get to John in a minute because the NBA season started uh, really Tuesday night, but it was really started tonight, Wednesday night here. It's about 1042 Central for, for those listening on, on uh, October 19th. Uh, the NBA season is well underway. And uh, John Morant was pretty special as at the start of here of year four. But going back to that, uh, Neil, I want a couple other notes about Murray State men's basketball. Obviously, as we get closer and closer to the season, mm-hmm. Racer Mania is here. It's less than 24 hours away. I unfortunately won't be able to attend. I know it's going to be a great experience. Uh, it's also the same exact time that uh, we'll just be getting out of Meet the Pros at Murray State University. Looking forward to talking to journalism students there. And then uh, right after that is the farm-to-table dinner in downtown Murray. So uh, wife and I are going to take that in, and uh, I'll get plenty of opportunity to see the racers this year. Uh, Matter of fact, tickets are about to go on sale for the Bellarmine game, uh, which is a 4 o'clock tip, uh, December the 10th, I believe, a Saturday afternoon in Louisville. I believe they're playing in Freedom Hall. Is that yeah, right? That's where Bellarmine plays their games. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. That's just history and Bellarmine and Murray. I'm definitely going to that game. So, got some friends that live in Louisville, and I'm going to do everything that I can to get up there, spend some time with some some family and friends, and uh, catch that game for sure. But uh, I digress. Uh, going back to Murray State men's basketball, you had a little bit of information, Neil, and we actually I'm going to add to it as we have found it public. 
uh, courtesy of uh, Mr. Jeff Goodman of Stadium. But uh, the secret scrimmage of 2022, drum roll, where is it? It's in Cincinnati against Akron. It is. That it is. That's, uh, and again, the that part doesn't actually have to be secret, but the results are supposed to be secret. We have seen those leak out from time have. to time from some schools. Like if you beat Alabama, sometimes that might get leaked out. I'm yeah. not mentioning any teams, but a former OBC team might yeah. have done that once upon a time. They, they're, they're headed to Conference USA. Yeah. I so, won't say who they are. Yeah, I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah, but those scores did leak, yeah. uh, and I and that was uh, really unfortunate. Um, I don't think the season went kind to – kind of a cocky thing to do, but it, it worked for them, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. That was uh, that was good, Neil. Really good. Really subtle way that you were able to tell tell everyone what team that was. My and gosh, so, if you beat them, I, I could understand. I, I want g- people to know it. I, so. g- I get it, too. I, I do understand it. I do. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There are going to be opportunities in the future for other secret scrimmages to come out right. uh, to light. I mean, you, there does come a time where a line of demarcation is met, and it's like, okay, a statute of limitations – um, five years have passed. We can talk about it, you know. But you just don't talk about it in that season. Sure, that's the rule. That's you don't talk about it in that season. Call us after the season's over when everything's different and new, and we got new guys coming in and whatever. And yeah. stabs are changing. But right now in this season, those are not reportable. They're reportable right. later, and they make for great bulletin board material or really cool stories in the future. And that's a okay with me. You go with the rest of the Missouri Valley. And, uh, Neil, I'll ask you about this in just a second, but uh, you had some insight as well as to why some teams might not have or might have more than one secret scrimmage. Yeah. Belmont has two, and this is where I want your input on this. October 21st at Tennessee State, uh, and then so that's coming up, and then October 30th versus Wofford at Carson Newman, former racer uh, Jackson Civils at Wofford. So that's a really cool situation there. Why would Belmont have two secret scrimmages the exhibition if you choose not to play an exhibition game you can have an additional secret scrimmage so essentially you get two pops but uh you do not have to play an exhibition if you choose not to do that you can have an additional secret scrimmage or you don't actually have to do that either very cool very very cool and for some for some coaches they like those uh, and the reason they don't like giving scores, Ed, they don't put 20 minutes on the clock and play. It's just done differently. Yeah, score differently. You're looking at different things. So, and it's also you it's go, also run for refs too. Yeah, and the, the the fact that you go beat somebody, well, it was not really under the same circumstances where if you'd played them, there's like 15 people. Yeah, it's like playing in the bubble for it's, for, it's, for 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 during COVID. But it, the coaches can stop stuff and things. I mean, you just can't do that during a game. So right. it's, there's a lot of things that will happen during a secret scrimmage that you're not going to see in a game. So it's it's not the same set of circumstances that you'll see in an actual game. Absolutely. Bradley plays St. Louis uh, on October 29th. Drake plays Oral Roberts in Kansas City on the 23rd. Evansville does not have one. It looks like they're taking opportunities, at least not one. This was as of October 7th. By the way, you can find this on watchstadium.com. It is Jeff Goodman's not-so-secret list of 2022 college basketball preseason scrimmages. You've got Illinois State on October 22nd at Duquesne. Uh, Cedarville University is where they're playing that. Indiana State on October 23rd versus Youngstown State. That's going to be at a neutral court. Missouri State October 29th at Wichita State. Murray State, of course, we've already mentioned, is playing at Akron on the 29th, which, by the way, does also happen to be homecoming. Yeah. So if you're looking around town and wondering why the Racer Men's Basketball Program isn't taking part in homecoming activities, at least day of, uh, it's because they're really busy preparing for their next season. Um, Southern Illinois on the 22nd is playing Kansas State in Kansas City. Then on the 29th, they are playing at Alabama as a charity exhibition. I think that's a really, really cool experience. Uh, UIC has already new newcomers to the Missouri Valley. They've already had their exhibition. Uh, they played October 14th versus Eastern Michigan. Obviously, that's a quick trip for them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, UNI, October 23rd, as uh, I believe they're going up against Wisconsin, at the University of Dubuque. So, and then Valparaiso, at least to this point, doesn't have one listed. They may just be taking their, uh, you know, exhibitions in a different way. Sure. But uh, as of right now, the only two teams in Missouri Valley not with one listed, and again, this is two weeks old, uh, is Evansville and Valparaiso. So maybe that's changed, but uh, maybe not. You know, most of the schedules have been released. I think right. every D1 schedule 
if you go to D one D one docket, I think if you go look, it's close to the Yeah, but the secret the scrimmage is something if you have someone else who doesn't have one and you don't, you can have one. Oh, you absolutely can. As long as you Let me let me ask you this. Can you do secret scrimmages against your conference or no? I don't know the I don't rule. I know that. that you would want to. I guess you yeah, could, I guess that's true. why would you want yeah, to? Yeah, good point. I just didn't know if that was even yeah. a thing. Like, like I'm looking at Evansville and Valparaiso, and you're just like, oh, man, we got to get some scrimmaging in. Yeah. Can, do you want to? But I guess that makes sense. Why would you want to show your cards? Right. So that but, makes sense. But now, I mean, uh, the thing that Murray State has and other schools uh, in our area, you could go play uh, uh, Martin, a SEMO, or someone like that in sure. a secret scrimmage without – having to travel real far but uh yeah I, I i like what they're doing i don't really know anything about akron i haven't scouted them at all so i have no idea what they have and uh, what kind of challenge that'll be no absolutely so let's pivot to women's basketball um men's basketball of course there's a lot of uh great things going on there i will say this uh, i have heard a little bit of insight and again you may be able to add to this as well one last thing on men's basketball again i don't want to set up any sort of major expectations. Obviously, this is a really special year in a lot of unique ways, but I've heard some good things about guys like Braxton Stacker and and Sam Murray out of practice. Again, I, none of that's really leaked, but I've, I've heard that in pickup that guys like those two uh, and some of the other younger guys are probably really, in all honesty, they're going to have – somebody's going to have to contribute anyways. That's the point. Sure. You know, the younger guys are going to have to step up and, and be able to fill some roles. I mean, everybody's – new here um but i've heard some really good things about those two guys specifically again i i mean I, I take that pretty pretty seriously i think that's pretty accurate i'm sure they are playing really well in practice but i i mean as far as minutes and what to expect from them and who's the next big star uh that remains to be decided uh, but uh, the players will always figure that out and i'm looking yeah. forward to seeing how that shakes out yeah i i think that uh Stacker's probably one. Uh, I know I've talked with Kenny about him. He's really high on him, likes what he sees out of him. Uh, Murray, uh, when you fans who haven't seen him, if you see him, uh, you're going to notice he's thin, a little thinner than he's going to be uh, down the road. Also the tallest player on the team. But he gets he gets thicker down the road. He has a, an amazing skill set. Uh, I think he could be a really special player for the racers. It could be this year, but uh, certainly down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I mean – Anything's possible. There's there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of minutes. Clearly, yeah. uh, did want to give a quick nod. I did see where I believe LSU was picked to finish eighth, seventh or eighth, I think, in the SEC. Uh, KJ Williams was picked uh, second team SEC. Okay. So really looking forward to seeing how he develops from a preseason perspective going into. We know what he can do. Uh, certainly, probably a future Hall of Famer here at Murray State. Looking forward to seeing what he does at the SEC level. Um, going in from a women's perspective. Um, I have heard from more than one individual that Rochelle Turner believes this is the best team she has put on the floor uh, at her during her time uh, mm-hmm. at Murray State University, and uh, the rest of the conference believes so as well. Murray State women's basketball picked up two first-place votes uh, out of all of their pollsters, and they were picked to finish fourth behind Belmont. Of course, they have Destiny Wells and a lot of talent, and uh, Illinois State, uh, got seven first-place votes. They were picked to finish second. Drake got six first-place votes, picked to finish third. And then, of course, Murray State with two first-place votes, picked to finish fourth. Finished the rest of that out. Northern Iowa was picked fifth. Missouri State had one first-place vote to finish sixth. Southern Illinois, seven. Indiana State, eight. Evansville, nine. Valparaiso, ten. Bradley, 11. And the newcomer as well in UIC picked to finish 12th. And then on top of that, Caitlin Young was picked to the preseason All-MVC alongside Grace Berg of Drake. I believe it's Abby Fight of Evansville, Megan Meyer of Drake, Destiny Wells of Belmont, and Deanna Wilson of Illinois State. So certainly... Who is the preseason player of the year? The preseason player of the year... I actually don't know. Destiny Wells. Destiny Wells. Okay, that makes sense. Oh. We know So for those who inquired... Uh, the pre the player of the year in the OVC who's now in the Missouri Valley is not the preseason player of the year in the Missouri Valley. The player who didn't get the player of the year in the Ohio Valley is the preseason player of the year in the Missouri Valley. Oh wow, I see what you did there. Okay. For those who inquired. For those who inquired, just wanted to be sure. That that's a everybody I didn't even pay. That. I missed that, and that's a great point. I did not even really put that all together. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, maybe that's something that just motivates Caitlin I, Young a little I, bit. Oh dear God! Could you imagine? She she can't be better. I mean, can she? 
how could you? I just don't understand if she could more be consistent better. from three. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's fun to watch. I, uh, I'm going to be able to relish, as I said. There's going to be times when I can't see her play uh, and see the women's team play. Right. But there's a lot of times now I can have my full attention to watch them rather than in the critical part of the game, I have to start doing my broadcast. So uh, yep. that part I really do like, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, by the way, and this is a note from Parker Griffith, Young is coming off of a sophomore season, uh, historic in nature for Murray State. Uh, acolyte, excuse me, accolades. Acolytes. I'm acolytes. sure there's acolytes, yeah. <laughs> there can be acolytes for Caitlin Young. Uh, anybody that wants to learn how to play all three levels of basketball, uh, Caitlin, you can be an acolyte of Caitlin Young. But her accolades do include OVC Player of the Year from last season. Uh, she is currently a semifinalist, I believe, uh, for the Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year Award. Or she was in the semifinalist uh, last year, and she's already on the watch list for this year. Uh, she led the OVC in her second season as sophomore in points and rebounds, averaged 20.1 and 8.1. Hey, you got diet – diet. Uh, who's that? Is that – is that a is it sun drop? Oh yeah, sun drop. Oh, the nectar of the gods. Nectar of Graves County. Nectar and of I Graves County. A moon pie. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, you're living it up, man. Yeah. Absolutely. According to according to Nathan Higdon, that is the uh, official foods of Graves County. Yeah, moon pies and sun drop. I I can attest to the sun drop. I'm not a huge moon pie guy. Yeah. Don't hate them, but they're just not like my jam. And you have a pumpkin spice. It's moon pumpkin pie? spice moon pie. Saw them at Cracker Barrel. Had to at least try a couple. What do you think? And uh, they. You don't taste much pumpkin spice in it. It just not tastes a, like a moon pie. Not enough. Okay, gotcha. But sun drop, I can definitely attest to that. You can cough on that all day. Yeah. The uh, It'll cure the cold, apparently. Okay. But uh, going back to Razor Women's Basketball, see, that's the thing. The rabbit holes that we go down are just incredible. You got it. The, uh, Mer- I, I have heard time and again from uh, some of Rochelle's uh, accounts preseason. Again, it's preseason. Anything can happen in the regular season. We know this. Um, but Murray State women's basketball, Rochelle's extremely high uh, on where this on where this club can go. Uh, the amount of depth that they possess, uh, the amount of youth uh, infusion that they were able to to bring in from yeah. their recruiting class, local and you know across uh, across the uh, this area, their big recruiting uh, circle around here. And then you take a look even at Cat's Paws, which just came out this past weekend, uh, and you got two commitments that are. Uh, Kentucky uh, Miss Kentucky basketball Miss basketball candidates in in Destiny Thomas and Haven Ford from uh, Round County and and McCracken County. So you know, future's looking pretty bright for Murray State women's basketball. Again, anything I guess can you know can possibly happen. But I was in, I was impressed to see the first place votes. Obviously, there are a couple of voters out there that believe Murray State has a chance to to take it all the way. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of hope that Belmont is going to be extremely good this year. So really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the Murray State women's basketball season goes. And uh, I'll say it again. I'm looking forward to the single games. We know games are going to start on time. And uh, can't wait to see uh, some of those games and those atmospheres yeah. specific to them. I do do have uh, uh, kind of breaking news. Uh, I know those uh, many fans have liked watching number five play for the women's team the last few years. She will not be playing this year for the Racers. She'll be number 14 this year. Oh, wow. Nice oh. job, Neil. Oh, you thought, no, she'll be she'll be playing, just not number five. Ma- Macy be, Turley is not going to be number five? She's 14. Wow. That go. is huge news. That's it. Man, you, I, by the way, for those who inquired, <laughs> I didn't know that. I knew Macy was playing this year. I did not realize that she was going to change numbers. And I, I, I don't know why. I guess you can inquire if you want to at some point. But Holy yes. moly. What a – man, you about had me, man. You, you, you said number, oh. five, number five wasn't playing. You're I was like, like, oh, wait, that's because that's uh, number 14 will be playing. Yes. Macy Turley, 14. That's right. No one's wearing five this year for the women. Real Okay. That is right. So it's, the, the huh. one won't be there. I wonder. I wonder what the. I don't know. You know what? We'll have to ask. Why the change there? Why the change? Um, very interesting indeed. But yes, obviously one of the big reasons why Murray State women's basketball. Now that you've brought it up, uh, has a chance to be so successful this year is the return of leadership and people sure. like Macy Turley and Alexis Burpo. Uh, so it's it's uh, cool to think that she's going to be playing under a different number. Maybe it's new mojo. Maybe it is uh, on her family member. Looking forward to asking her. 
moving forward. That's uh, that's pretty big news. So, okay, uh, Macy Turley, you heard it here first, second. You probably saw it on social media. But breaking news from Neil Bradley that Macy Turley will be playing under number 14 and not number 5. Okay, well, jeez, Neil, that gave me a damn heart attack there. <laughs> OVC, by the way, I want to – you and I, of course, are going to continue to admire. I'm an OVC, OVC fan. I'm going to be an OVC fan till the day I die. Absolutely, yeah, Five me too. Just, so no speaking problem. speaking of OVC fans, I do want to say this. Uh, big kudos to Heather Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the one that sent out the pre-release or the preseason press release for for women's basketball. Uh, Tennessee Tech picked to women uh, picked to win the uh, women's basketball title in 22-23. We know what they return. Obviously, Jordan Brock, super special. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I think the rest of the conference team is – yeah, it's right here. Here we go. We've got uh, preseason uh, senior guard – preseason player of the year is Lariah Washington out of Illinois. Uh, then you have let's, – let's, let's get to the rest of this. Paige Pipkin uh, is certainly in that mix. Gia Adams from Tennessee State. Um, let's see. T- Tennessee Tech has senior guard Jada Gwynn. Jordan Brock, Anna Walker. She's back. Remember, she blew her right. knee out last year. That's so right. Be a big year for her. Uh, Sagan Robbins at UT Martin. Southern Indiana senior forward Hannah Haithcock. SEMO uh, sophomore uh, Kennedy Watkins. Eastern Illinois' Morgan Litweiler. Um, I mean, it's a good team. Uh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a really really good conference. And and really, you need to be paying attention to the to people like UT Martin. Murray State women's basketball plays them this year, so that's going to be a great tilt between two great teams. Yes. Uh, and again, Tennessee Tech, of course, uh, picked to pick to win the league uh, this year. And then I believe, yeah, of course, and I've already mentioned Washington named preseason player of the year. Then you take a look at the men, and I had that pulled up, but I do believe. Wasn't Moorhead's picked to win it? That's what I thought. For that, that they that Moorhead was picked to win it, but who was preseason player of the year? It was KJ Simon from UT Martin. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I, I just saw that on WPSD. Thank you, Adam Wells and Blake Sandlin. Uh, KJ Simon picked to pick to be the preseason player of the year. Of course, you and I have talked about him quite a bit. He bowed down the racers by himself last yeah. year at yeah, UT Martin. So, a really good player. Transfer from Troy. Um, so certainly, certainly wish him nothing but the best as we continue to watch the Ohio Valley Conference. So gonna be, gonna be some good basketball at the women's and the men's level in the OVC. And I'm really, and the racers, yeah. by the way, they will play uh, one OVC team this year, I guess. Austin P. Yeah, they're not the OVC anymore. Former OVC, former team. OVC team, a yep. son. But what I what I was trying to move along to you is I uh, there this weekend. I did find out they do plan on having their new arena downtown open in the spring. But from what I understand, they're not playing in it until next season. Gotcha. So they may have some events in it, but for Austin P, their basketball will not begin until next year. And I think the racers are going to be a part of that schedule. When, I have no idea. That would be really cool. Going back to Heather Brown really quick with the Ohio yes. Valley Conference, just wanted to say kudos to her. Obviously, she's trying to get back in the swing of things as yep. the season starts to ramp up. She's been battling some health issues. Really look forward to getting the information from the Ohio Valley Conference from both her and Kyle Schwartz, yeah. who always do a great job. I know. We love her and miss her, and uh, I'm not going to be able to see her as much, but uh, they were they were so helpful. Anytime I needed anything, from the very first time I met Heather and Kyle, they've been nothing but the absolute best. So. Uh, even though the conferences have changed, I promise we'll not have better people than Kyle and Heather to work with. Yeah, maybe it's good, but th- there's no way they can be better. You make a great point. You make a great point. Want to go ahead and dovetail into this super quick. We've uh, got a couple of professionals uh, playing some NBA basketball right now. John Morant. Whew. Just couldn't get that tenth assist, could he? Just couldn't. Just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, what a play. Neil the negative over there. Couldn't get his 10th assist. John Morant (laughs) opening, by the way, his over-under for points tonight was 29.5. I told a couple of friends of mine to actually take the over because he's been so good in opening nights. And, uh, yeah, they made a little bit extra money. I don't bet, but, you know, if I can help out, I can. Uh, John was a closer game. Uh, The New York Knicks, of course, one of those teams two years ago that was really, really good. In the East, certainly had a surprising. As a matter of fact, Julius Randle, former Wildcat, won uh, uh, won uh, Most Improved Player uh, and was really good tonight. Actually, really, really good tonight. Knicks erased a 19 point deficit. Neil, I know you were paying attention. Yeah. But uh, John Morant, 
was uh, pretty dang good. Had a late block that really kind of thwarted a big-time offensive breakaway for the Knicks and the Memphis Grizzlies open the season 1-0. It's going to be hard to break down every single game uh, as we go along with our podcast here. But opening night, Ja was uh, – Neil was right, only nine assists. 34 <laughs> points, nine assists, six turnovers, uh, four fouls, uh, plus one in the plus-minus category, 11 for 24, three for six from three. That's great. And uh, nine for 11. I know there's going to be games where Ja, you know, the three won't fall for him, but the other games he might go five for seven. And, uh, you know, obviously that was a shot that he was going to work on quite a bit in the offseason. It's all a lot of people talked about. And, uh, you know, certainly you could see that work put in tonight. Matter of fact, he had nine of the team's first 12 points, uh, 18 points in the first quarter to really get the team going. And, and then uh, had a couple of just absolutely insane just assists. Insane. Uh, just I mean, dribbling, go behind the back, look like he's going to the left. And then still goes to the left. Absolutely. The, the Knicks are like, what, what is this? What's Abs- going on? Just, just, just absolute insanity. Meanwhile, that was on ESPN, by the way. And then meanwhile, right now, with 11.35 left in the fourth quarter, don't know if we'll be able to finish this out as we come to the near the conclusion of our podcast here, but the Phoenix Suns trail the Dallas Mavericks 81-76. That's a bit of a bitter game for them because Dallas is who bounced the Phoenix Suns out of the playoffs last year when the Phoenix – Suns were number one um, in 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 the West. That was a big thing. Cam has already played. Campaign, by the way, has already played 12 minutes uh, as a key backup for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, not a lot to talk about from a stats perspective. Two points, two turnovers. Uh, but he has played, again, 12 minutes, and they've roared back. Uh, they were down quite a bit in the middle of the second quarter and, again, have put up a 31-19 winning quarter there in the third. So we'll see how that shakes out. Really looking forward to seeing how Cam bounces bounces back. I thought he had a really good statistical year last year, but the postseason, I think teams kind of exploited him a little bit, really took him out of the game plan. And uh, then this preseason looked like he was playing pretty well and had a little bit of a bang-up injury. So he and a couple other guys didn't end up finishing out the rest of the preseason. But Cam is supposed to be the backup point guard in Phoenix. Uh, and it's supposed to give them anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes a game. So really looking forward to seeing how he comes through. He's – this is here's, – here's, I don't want to make us feel old here. He's in his eighth year as, as an NBA professional, and Jaws going into year four. So it's just wild to me that that much time has has passed so quickly. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm, but, again, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what this, uh, what this season brings. And, and John and Cam have opportunities of a lifetime to be really special. And then, of course, I'll be keeping up with what the guys do in Europe. I know Shaq, obviously, over in uh, Israel and and several other guys in Europe, they're going to have a chance to have really cool seasons and uh, look forward to to talking about those. Neil, are you actually going to Racer Mania yeah, on Thursday? Uh, yeah, yeah. My wife and I are going. We're going to – we uh, normally just pick out some seat somewhere and sit. It's the only time that I have a chance to see the team and do that. So right. uh, I'll do that. And, uh, and enjoy it, usually. Neil, I want to close out here. Uh, give me your thoughts on, uh, if you don't mind, please, sir, um, <laughs> where baseball stands right now. Obviously, we've had several 100-win teams just ousted because playoff baseball yeah. is playoff baseball. Uh, goodbye, Atlanta. Um, uh, goodbye, Dodgers. Um, Philly has been really good. Um, of course, we have the Philly-San Diego series right now. Uh, and then the American League, we have uh, the uh, Yankees and the Astros. Uh, what what is what have been your thoughts so far? Now that and, and maybe even give a sayonara to the to the uh, to the Cardinals season, your dear beloved. Cardinals. Well, I think the um, I think what we've seen baseball a game of timing, and uh, when you get buys and you're off for several days, it affects the way you play. Yeah, I think it does. I think the year that the Cardinals beat the Tigers in the World Series. Tigers wrapped it up pretty quick. They swept. Cardinals uh, had to just claw and fight to get to the World Series. Suddenly the Tigers were cold, and the Cardinals were able to win. I think we saw some of that here. The, the, having a day off is fine. You start getting into multiple days off, and it doesn't work well. I think that hurt the Braves, and uh, it's uh, and obviously hurt the Dodgers as well. So uh, we'll uh, – uh, move on, I guess. What the Mets also didn't they win a hundred games and they're out, but uh, they uh, still 
uh, I, I like the, the the season the Cardinals had. I liked uh, they just went cold, and you could kind of see that coming. They were cold offensively much of the month of September, carried over into October, just couldn't score. Um, but but you know they did okay. They have they have some uh, things that they'll need to take care of in the off season. Um, I'm not going to judge them, but if there's a free agent out there that they'd maybe want to put in right field, I wouldn't judge them for it one way or the other. Nice. If they put him out there, I would like that. But that's just me. I uh, also want to congratulate uh, being uh, when I was three months old to almost seven, I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and became a Indians fan. They're right. now, of course, the Guardians, but this was a really young team. Wait, you have two baseball teams? Well, I have a team that I root for in the American League. Cardinals are my team. If they play the Indians, I'm for the Cardinals. But I root for the Indians uh, otherwise. You and uh, I have talked about this. The I'll, Guardians. I'll, I'll get into this in a minute. The Guardians otherwise. of the Galaxy. Yes, the we'll Guardians. get into this in a minute. Continue on. So anyhow, the Guardians, yes. I do root for the Guardians uh, whenever they're uh, not playing the Cardinals. And, and in the American League. So it's like, used to be a lot of two different leagues. Remember, they never played one another. Now right. they play each other uh, all the time as of starting next season. They'll, everybody will play everybody every season uh so uh, but the indians uh they weren't supposed to win the white Sox, the twins were a really young team they came on strong did well uh so I, I, again keep calling the indians you have to realize i did it all my life so the guardians uh i believe the future does bode well for them yeah so they have, have a bunch of good young players so so we'll see but i had a fun season and still enjoying i watched some of the baseball uh today uh, I know Jeff Bidwell's Phillies are looking good. And yeah, they are. Hopefully, I like seeing him win one. Just uh, throw Jeff a bone, you know. He deserves one. Yeah, so much misery in Philly. All the misery in Philly. He At least give him one. Come on. How crazy would it be, and I'm saying this, how crazy would it be if the 76ers, the Phillies, and the Eagles, who, by the way, are playing some remarkable NFL football right now, uh, were to come away with the big titles. Uh, well, that'd be the, crazy. I'm just wanting the Phillies. The others, they can suck it. I don't care. I don't, <laughs> don't want I don't want either of them to win. So I just I just want to say, which by the way, we've got some finals there. San Diego did even the series, uh, the NLCS. It's uh, they won eight five, and then Houston beat the New York Yankees four to two. Houston now leads that series. The ALCS won nothing. So really, really interesting situation. We know that the Astros and the Yankees weren't the Yankees particularly built to beat the Astros in in some respects. I mean, I. Don't know. I because you think if you can just do that, you'll win the series. Like I, I don't know. Like the Astros Yankees series probably has a chance to be really special. Yeah, Houston won that game four to two today. So, um, what what I was saying earlier, I want to go back to this. Okay, you 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 said you have an American League and a National League team. I do. I catch so much hell for telling people that I'm interested. Excuse me in a uh, in, in in an NFC and an AFC football team. Because I like to follow the Titans, and I like to follow the Saints. And I don't be wrong, I like to follow players. Everybody knows that I like to just watch certain players, and where they go is where they go. It's how I fell in love with the Reds. But it's one of those situations where I just, like, I catch grief from people that are just like, well, you just should, you follow too many teams. People it's the make, same league. It's the same conference, though, right? No. No, no, no. The Saints are in the NFC, okay. and the Titans are in the AFC. That's how little I know about yeah. that. See? Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm helping you there. So different conferences, but totally same different league. conferences. They but can actually the play league. each other in the Super Bowl. See, mine aren't in the same league: American League, oh, National sh- League. They're two different leagues. But they, they used to have two different sets of. I umpires. know they did, and two different sets of rules. Yes. I know that, but it's still baseball. It is, and they well, can still meet yeah, for the yeah. World Series. They can. But the Saints and the Titans could theoretically play each other in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Like they're not playing for the same conference title. I just I know people make fun of me because they're like Ed, which team are you rooting for today? <laughs> Whatever. I just it's it's not you. It's just it's me. It's it's just frustrating. Hold on, that. I mean, root for who you want to. And, um, I just like I I'm a big fan of players. I I really enjoy watching players develop and what they become and whatever team they play for. I'm going to watch the rest of their team and kind of see. You know, really, John did that to me with Memphis. I like watching Memphis like now, and and don't be wrong, I liked Memphis before with. You know, with the, the Mike Conleys and the Zach Randolphs and the, you know, and those older grit and grind years. And I, I remember seeing a, like a rookie Mark Gasol and a young Pau Gasol play there. I saw Kobe Bryant play in Memphis once. The only time I saw Kobe Bryant play, he put up a paltry 24 points and just dominated the game in the second half. And it was just a, an experience I'll never forget. But it's just one of those situations where I, I, I like watching players. And now that Jaws in Memphis, I'm like, 
oh, I want to watch Santi Aldama. What's Desmond Bain doing? What's uh, what's Dylan Brooks up to? What's how's Jaron Jackson's recovery going? I'm enjoying watching players more than I like watching teams. Yeah, but if I woke up tomorrow morning and found that they had traded him to, is the Charlotte Hornets still have a team? They 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 are the Hornets. Yes. Yeah, they're the they're, Hornets. Yeah. Then I would be a Hornets fan. Yeah. And if the next day they traded him to the Celtics, I'd be a Celtics. Fan. Whatever team he's with, and that's, that's follow, the team. And that's I'm following follow. a player, right? Yeah. That's that's whoever he's with. Uh, I wouldn't burn my Memphis gear. We hate either. him or anything. No. Yeah, I, I, I like Memphis. I really do. But uh, I'm a fan of the Grizzlies solely because of John Morant. Yeah, absolutely. And it just so happens to be from a convenience standpoint, it's about you know, yeah, three, three, three and a half hours down the road. Yeah. So, and I, and I root for the Suns because of campaign. He gets traded. I'll root forever. Who else he gets traded to? Absolutely. It's just uh, if all those guys. Uh, I mean, heck, I rode rode the buses with them, so uh, it's kind of neat. Absolutely. Well, Neil, I'm going to ride this bus into the sunset. Still got some basketball cards I need to open and, uh, like, four news stories I still have to write. But you have fun at Racer Mania. I will. I'm going to have fun in 38-degree weather at the farm-to-table dinner. It's outside? It usually is. I don't actually know if it's outside tomorrow or not. I think it is, Just get it to go and come to Racer Mania. (laughs) My wife would not appreciate that. Well, she could get it to go, too. She doesn't want to go to Racer Mania. My wife doesn't like college basketball. I have... I have tried for years to try to get her to fall in love with it, and I just can't get her to do it. She'll watch the Wildcats, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like Kentucky well, that's basketball. Probably she was it, raised in a house she where was, they watched them, she was, and, and that's usually where you get that. My father-in-law so, is a diehard Wildcat, and, there you go. So and, and they're, all, they're all UK alums. So I'll at least give them that. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, and I'm not going to be the elitist that says you can't be a fan of a team because you didn't graduate from the school there. That's I'm not a huge fan of that. However, there are lots of UK fans that were certainly not. I mean, they're a large fan base. Yeah, there are lots of UK fans that were not alumni, and I get that. I, that's that's just going to happen when you're a big time brand. But um, my wife is a graduate from UK. She also graduated from Murray State, but she's just. She just, she was like, she grew up, she liked, she fell in love, you know, as a young woman, she fell in love with, you know, basketball players growing up. She loved Jamal Mashburn. She loved, I think she was going to marry Tony Delk at one point. And then Saul Smith was like a, you know, a tubby son. She loved Saul. To this day, Neil, I'll leave you with this. My wife has a poster of Saul Smith in her like old high school bedroom ah. where she like, and she has an autographed basketball of Tony Delk still in her high school bedroom. I have a friend of mine who was a huge fan of Sam Bowie. Okay. Yep. Uh, and got to meet him oh, and wow. got her picture made with him standing behind her with his hands on her shoulders. <laughs> and she said this to him. Neil, that's amazing. She looked up at him and went, and she regrets it to this day. Man, you sure have to keep your nose hairs clean, don't you? Or cut, <laughs> cut, don't you? And he died laughing. That's he thought amazing. that was one of the funniest things ever. Now, you know, she to this day is like, oh my God. Oh, probably. Of just all the things I could have said to Sam. But to Sam he probably Man. remembers that instead of, hey, uh, how you doing, Sam? You know, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Neil, it is 97 92, Phoenix Suns trail by five with 520 left to play in the fourth. So we'll see how that shakes out. Cameron Payne did just make a three-pointer to cut it to seven uh, and then cut it to five. So, yeah, absolutely a terrific season ahead for a lot of different things, including college basketball. Appreciate your time. It's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thank you.